This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing. Steve Wiltfong, director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, joins us from the city of Indianapolis in the beautiful Midwest and the heart of this nation. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Going well. Excited to be on, talking about the Buckeyes here on the Bucknuts Morning 5. What a draft for Ohio State last weekend. Um, there were some surprises which we've addressed. What we're going to talk about today is three of the biggest, baddest dudes in the class of 2021, and are they interested in Ohio State for real? Let's start with one whose name has become very popular in recruiting circles. Foreman is a California native who was at one point committed to Clemson, and he is now involved in one of your classic super high-profile recruitments. He did a Zoom call last night with the USC site. It seems like he wants to surprise everybody. He has some really interesting quotes in there, quotes of a young man who seems to be enjoying the recruiting process and all it entails fanfare-wise. He seems to imply in uh, last night's interview that Ohio State is one of the schools he is interested in. What is the view from the Ohio State side? Well, I think that anytime you're looking at programs like Alabama, Georgia, and LSU or Clemson, Ohio State is also a school that's generally mentioned along those those programs. If you look at the top prospects across the country, those schools are on a lot of those young men's lists. So it's no surprise that Corey Foreman also has interest in Ohio State. And I, and I believe that his interest is peaked by the Buckeyes and, and you see Chase Young and the Bosa's and Larry Johnson and the defensive line pedigree. With all that being said, I'd be surprised if he ends up at Ohio State as things stand now. I think that programs like USC, Georgia, LSU, and and programs like that are in better position than the Buckeyes right now. But recruiting is a marathon. Um, You take visits. You see what happens. You see how things ebb and flow. You see where relationships go. Uh, typically, a season is played uh, out, and, and you get to see that before uh, a blue chipper makes his decision late in the process. Um, I, I think, obviously, if you're Ohio State, you take your swing here on a on a great player like Corey Foreman. Uh, but right now, I wouldn't like get my hopes up for a player like him, um, similar to where Ohio State readers are used to seeing themselves as top one or two for guys like J.C. Tumalolo or or Rebecca, um Mecca Buka. You've seen Foreman in person, though. Can you give us a quick scouting report? Because we really haven't discussed him at all. Well, Foreman's an electric pass rusher. I mean, his his speed to power, you know, how quickly he gets off the snap. I mean, the physical traits that he brings to the football field are outstanding. He was at the opening finals last year. The best two players in the trenches 
uh, in that event were 2022 or 2021 kids, Donovan Jackson, who's committed to Ohio State on the offensive line, and Corey Foreman, who's uncommitted, uh, the five-star from California on the defensive line. They're both special talents, and and uh, um, uh, just the power and, and the uh, twitch that he brings to the game is unique. Well, Bucknutters, that might be the last time we talk about Corey Foreman. I really don't believe Ohio State is seriously in the mix. If things change, we will be on top of it. On the other hand, we're going to review two other big dudes. J.C. Latham, arguably the highest riser in the recent 24-7 sports update. There is some concern that he might be wavering. There's thoughts that Ohio State was in the mix heavily. Oklahoma has gotten involved, and there's some chatter on other boards about him not favoring Ohio State. Could you bring us up to speed on what you know about J.C. Latham and his relationship with Ohio State? Well, to my knowledge, I don't think J.C. Latham's ever come out and said Ohio State's my leader. That's just been the perception of his recruitment, talking to people with knowledge of it. Um, Ohio State was going to get a visit for the spring game, and then he was going to come back for his official. He's already been to campus a couple times. Ohio State is clearly in a good spot for, for J.C. Latham, but so is LSU. And, and again, you're talking about the number one offensive tackle in the top 247. Other programs are going to recruit this young man hard. Oklahoma is a school that when you look at the NFL draft, uh, offensive linemen being selected, um, you know, uh, the the Sooners are among the nation's best in, in that category. And, and so uh, th- their school that I had been hearing is in the mix for an official. Alabama, uh, they seem to always find a way to get an official visit from all the, any blue chipper that they want to get an official visit from. So uh, the, the talk of other schools doesn't surprise me. I do think that there was a time where this was really trending well for Ohio State. I still think Ohio State's in the thick of it. Uh, do I feel as confident about my Ohio State pick today as I did a couple of weeks ago? I, I wouldn't say that, but I, I still could see him very much being a Buckeye. That's a really big commitment that they need to pursue and close. The last guy I want to talk about, there's been some crystal ball action towards Ohio State, arguably the biggest football-baseball player combination I've seen, Taiwan Malone. Yeah, man. Uh, the number five defensive tackle in the country, number 53 prospect overall in the 24-7 sports composite. Number one recruit in New Jersey out of Bergen Catholic. Um, I, I think that there was a time in this recruitment where Michigan was probably in a really good spot. He'd been to Ann Arbor a few times, but they've had some coaching turnover there uh, with, with the coaches that he felt the connection to. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State leads right now, uh, but I very much think that Ole Miss and Texas A&M are in the thick of this one. And I think baseball is very relevant in this decision. And and so uh, the school that presents the most advantageous opportunity for him to accomplish what he wants to in both sports on the next level, I think will ultimately win out. Again, I I, I think Ohio State maybe has the edge, uh, but I don't think this one's done. Um, and, and Ole Miss and Texas A&M are right there, too. And, and you look at the lead recruiters for those programs, Chris Partridge for Ole Miss, who needs no introduction uh, on this board. Uh, and then Elijah Robinson for Texas A&M, who's a rising star. Uh, McKinley Jackson, he he won that SEC slobber knocker for the Tata defensive tackle last cycle. Uh, and Elijah Robinson is from Jersey. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on either of those other programs. 
to reiterate, though, what Steve said, Ole Miss and Texas A&M are involved in this recruitment primarily because of Malone's baseball prowess and desire to play both sports. I think we all know if it was just football, those two schools really wouldn't be in the mix. We appreciate Steve stopping by. We're going to be back in just a minute, and I'm going to give you my top 10 Buckeyes for the 2021 NFL Draft. After our Tuesday show, Dwayne gave his. There's been a request for more, and we've got it. Be back in one minute, Bucknutters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, we are back. We appreciate Steve stopping by. We are now going to get to my 2021 top 10 for the Buckeyes when it comes to the NFL draft. We did this on Tuesday with Dwayne. I'm now going to give you mine and hopefully a little bit of an explanation for each one. Number one, Justin Fields. I think that's pretty obvious. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go number one overall. The real interesting piece of this is the teams that are up there now, if you look, that I think have a real chance to be in the mix for the number one pick. A lot of them have young quarterbacks. There's going to be a lot of pressure on those young quarterbacks to come through early. We're talking to you, Dwayne Haskins. Number two, Sean Wade. I think it's you're going to see Wade ballot out with Patrick Sertain, of, or Sertan, however you pronounce it, of Alabama for the number one corner spot. It would not surprise me to see Wade go top seven, top five. One of the things that's going to make him really attractive is he spent a good amount of time in the slot. He's going to get plenty of time to work on the edge this year, which means he can literally go to any system in the NFL and thrive. I had Fields and Wade kind of in their own tier. The next tier of Buckeyes, I think all these guys have first-round potential. And don't forget, we're projecting here. And I want to add, we're projecting here as if the season goes on without a hitch. Tier 2 has three guys for me. For number one, I'm going to go with Josh Myers. Normally, I wouldn't pick an interior offensive lineman to go this high. I would think he's going to go in the back end of the first round. But centers do have positional value. Cesar Ruiz of Michigan was picked in the first round, and there's no question in my mind that Josh Myers is a better player. That's why I give him the edge over Wyatt Davis, who may grade out as a better player. But as an offensive guard, I don't think his positional value will be enough to get him ahead of Myers in the draft. Certainly possible for Davis to get into the first round, which is an incredibly strong statement for a guard. If you go back and look, NFL teams just do not spend High picks on interior offensive linemen unless they're centers, and even those are kind of few and far between. The third guy in this tier that I think has a real chance to get in the first round is Chris Olave for a variety of reasons. One, he's an excellent football player. Two, wide receivers. A ton went in the first round, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to the receivers. I feel like Olave has a really good chance to go in the first round. The next group is four dudes. It's the hardest group to place because I think with a great healthy year from any of these four guys, they put themselves into serious day two contention. The first is a guy who really hasn't done all that much since he got here, but I've heard so much great stuff from NFL scouts and we've seen glimpses and that's Tyreek Smith. The issue with putting him here is if he's as good as I hope he could be, defensive ends and guys with a pass rush tend to go higher. They don't tend to get out of the first 50 picks. 
If he has a great year, I would not be surprised to see Tyreek Smith get into the top 50. And by great year, if he just plays every game, I'll bet his talent comes out and he's an early entry. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top 50 pick. Thayer Mumford almost in the same boat, obviously not as sexy as defensive end, but a long, illustrious career. He started a ton of games at left tackle here. Left tackle is a marquee position. He's got to stay healthy. Much like Tyreek Smith, if he puts a healthy year together, I think the talent will take care of itself, and he'll be a high-level draft pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go second round. It wouldn't shock me if Mumford had a great year that he got into the first round. He fits the prototype. These next two linebackers, Baron Browning and Pete Werner, Browning fits the mold. He's the first guy off the bus. He's yet to put it all together. Almost like Tyreek Smith, his upside is so high. And if he does put together a consistent season and stays healthy, I could see him being, good Lord, definitely a second-day draft pick, which means second or third round. And Pete Warner the same. I would not be surprised to see him go in the first three rounds. His versatility, experience, I think that wins out. I think he'll be attractive. The guy I have number 10 on the list to finish off is Trey Sermon. I think Trey's a really good player, but he's had several knee surgeries, and he's a running back. And we saw with J.K. Dobbins, running backs just are not valued in the draft. Guys who are going to be 1,000-yard rushers this year lasted for a while. That's my top 10 in order. Justin Fields, Sean Wade, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis, Chris Olave, Tyreek Smith, Thayer Munford, Baron Browning, Pete Werner, and Trey Sermon. If you have any commentary, thoughts, or issues with that, leave me a note. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good one, Bucknutters.